10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Happy New Year! 2018! Ted's forgot. I don't know the rest of the words. Hello! Welcome to Heart of Podness. I'm Mark and I'm gay. And I'm Will and I'm a ginger in 2018. It's not 2018 for us. It's December 6th. Ah, it's December 6th. But for you, it's 2018, which potentially makes you in a better situation than we are. Hopefully. Hopefully we will still be around to release this episode in 2018. Ooh, that's a thought. Anyway, this is Heart of Podness. (laughs) This is a podcast where we delve deep into cinematic love stories to answer the age-old question, does Hollywood romance actually make any sense? Are any of these people dateable? Or any of these people likable. It doesn't matter if the romance is the main plot or a one-scene flirtation. We'll dig in and we'll see what's there. And today we're doing it with a friend. Yay! Why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Claire and I'm their roommate. Yay! (laughs) Claire is my BFF. That is true. We travel together, we live together, we share the same bed sometimes. We watch lots of movies together. That is also true. I don't uh, know what to add to that. <laughs> Speaking of media consumption, today I looked at my Spotify wrapped mm-hmm. and I listened to 54,000 minutes of music and I did the math and that is 10% of my year. I spent what? 10% of my year listening to Spotify. That is much more than I did. Yeah, I have a problem. That's because I'm busy listening to podcasts like this one. I thought my l- number was going to be lower and it might be lower because of the number of podcasts I listened to, but clearly I was wrong. but you don't consume a lot of media but you were insistent that we not watch this movie without you exactly yes because i'm an expert on this specific genre of media which is the rom-com i'm a rom-com con connoisseur uh, consultant uh so that's my role here you know i'm an expert in my field so i'm a little insulted that i wasn't invited earlier but we don't have to talk about that too we ha- much. <laughs> we had to let the audience get to know me and Will. That's right. right. And the, the dynamic between you. Right, before so we introduce special. this this yes. wild card. Right, of course. Which is yeah. me. I'm the wild card in this, in this scenario. Precisely. Okay. <laughs> All right. So why don't you tell us about the movie and why you chose it for us? Um. And you can tell us what it is, too. We have not said that yet. Oh, the movie that we're talking about this week is Hitch, which is a classic example of the rom-com genre, which is why I chose it, because I think it's one of the most palatable early 2000s romantic comedies, and it's kind of like... Um, excuse me, Andy, <laughs> Andy Tennant, the director, his previous movie was Sweet Home Alabama. I really like Sweet Home Alabama. There's you another... Also be we're definitely covering that in one episode. This is a very, uh, like, important part of my childhood. I love this movie, like, the meme of, uh, what's his name? Kevin James. Yeah, Kevin James dancing. That was a big part of my elementary school humor. So. That was a very early meme. I did not yeah. see this until we watched it for the show, but I knew the trailer intimately because they showed it during afternoon Cosby show reruns on UPN. Well, that just shows the difference in our media consumption <laughs> when we were, I don't know, seven or whatever it was. I was definitely in middle school. Well, whatever. Point is that this movie meant a lot to me, and I think it's kind of like a good example of the genre that I'm very enthusiastic about. And I have a lot of thoughts about romantic comedy as a genre and, like, the lack of respect it gets because it's primarily women who like it. Like the soap opera. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And and things that women are passionate about are often devalued, or even things that women are good at. And particularly young women. Exactly. So I feel like 
the derision towards romantic comedy as kind of like chick flicks plays a part in that and devaluing women and what they like. Yeah, there's an interesting school of criticism in music criticism about how music that teenage girls are into often gets ridiculed. The Beatles faced it really early in their career, and now we have things like One Direction, One Direction Justin, Bieber. Justin Bieber that don't get treated as serious because they are primarily targeted towards young women. And it's not just media, you know? Like, it goes for, like, nursing, teaching, like, things that women are historically good at and do are things that we consider less than. So I'm a strong supporter of the romantic comedy, and I think it gets a lot of sexist flack. And you like Hitch in particular? I, you know, after having seen it, I have to say that my enthusiasm for it has waned a little bit uh, with through my adult eyes. Uh, you taught me so well, William, to appreciate uh, the good movies, but... No, I still, I still really like it, and it's one of my favorite rom-coms, I think. And this has been Claire's Corner, or as I like to call it, Claire's Corner, uh-huh. <laughs> in which Claire will discuss feminism during this podcast. Oh, I have way more thoughts on feminism. That wasn't even the feminist part. <laughs> Good. I can't <laughs> wait. I can't wait to hear more. We will have periodic uh, I episodes. Talk about the plot of this movie because I haven't brought that up. If you want to like give us the one sentence pitch of what it is. Okay, so basically Hitch is a date doctor who That's co- the character's name. Yes, his name is Alex Hitchens. And he gets people hitched. Exactly, but also there's a hitch in oh, the no. plan. So it's like a pun on a ton of levels. It's very So many layers. It's amazing. This movie has layers. Deep. It's just hitches all the way down. It's very deep. Basically, he's a date doctor who coaches men on how to date women effectively. I think it's worth noting that he is very specifically a date doctor and not a hookup doctor. Yeah. When people are interested in just having a hookup he turns them away and yet you get the very early 2000s pg vibe because the the casual sex is a big no-no in this movie it's it's not on screen and that scene is like you know the bad the bad guy is the guy who wants to hit it and quit it so right exactly i feel like we've said this a couple of times before but thinking about this movie and when it came out in 2005 Mm -hmm. so i was like 12 it's surprising how different the box office game is now than it was even 12 years ago Plus, this came out at the midpoint in my life. Because Hitch opened at number one. It was a Valentine's Day release. Not honestly Valentine's Day, because that was like a Tuesday that year, but Valentine's weekend release. And it stayed in the top ten for eight weeks. Oh, my, what? It yeah. did well. It stayed in yeah. the top ten for eight weeks. That's a lot. Yeah, it ended up at number 11 for the year okay. overall, which does not happen with romances today. Right. I'm just going to read you the rest of this top ten. Number one, Revenge of the Sith. <laughs> number two, Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Oh, I forgot that existed. Number three, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Number four, Steven Spielberg's War of the Worlds. Wow. Number five, Peter Jackson's King Kong. Number six, Wedding Crashers. Number seven, the Tim Burton, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Number eight, Batman Begins. Number nine, Madagascar. Number 10, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. And then right underneath that, Hitch. There are so many mediocre movies in that list. But a lot of, a lot of like big franchise movies. Big franchises, but like all of the franchise movies are so mediocre. Yeah, that's fair. Wow, 2005. Except Batman Begins, which rules. No, Batman, yeah. Madagascar (laughs) and Batman Begins both kind of stand out. Batman Begins is by far probably my favorite off of that list. Out of that top 10, Batman Begins is the best one. Yeah, but. I stand by Madagascar. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i like to move it move it that's another that's another middle school meme that's like my that first is a song meme. that i listen to on the internet important question did either of you watch penguins of madagascar no the is nickelodeon that a, is that cartoon it's a, oh, a no. series oh. there is a movie about the penguins too i think yeah because there's madagascar there's madagascar the 2 escape to africa no. i've only seen the first one is madagascar is madagascar 3 europe's most wanted i that's think so like the circus one yeah Okay. I've only seen the first one. This is one. a large tangent. <laughs> it's 
it's what we do. But it's yeah. Just Madagascar. Yeah. Anyway, okay. Hitch, it made $179 million domestic. Okay. A lot of money. Yes. Here's the thing that seems craziest about that to me. The studio gave them $70 million to make a rom-com. This movie has a $7 million budget? $70 million. Se- that's, uh, wow. well, that's what I meant to say. How much of that is Will Smith's salary? Um... Well, Whoopi Goldberg made $7 million based off of Theodore Rex, which is now my <laughs> new standard for judging how much money people make off of movies. Yeah, but that was direct-to-video. Yeah, so I'm just throwing that number out there, so it's probably more than that. Yeah, I cannot believe they had $70 million for this. That's so much money. And they couldn't even afford the real Cameron Diaz. Right. Oh, my gosh. So oh, my God. Cameron Diaz. So... What's her name? Allegra Cole? We don't Cole? even know Allegra the name Cole. of the actor. Allegra Cole is the character. Yeah. yeah. They considered Cameron Diaz for that character. No, Obviously. wait. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. They considered her for the other one, for uh, oh, for Sarah. But then they would have looked the same. Right. They considered Cameron Diaz for that. You guys don't understand. Like, both Mark and I remembered that this character was played by Cameron Diaz, and then we were shocked to find that it was some knockoff Cameron Diaz. I was <laughs> convinced. I described this movie to multiple people as the one with Will Smith, Ava Mendez, Kevin James, and Cameron Diaz. Yeah. So, speaking of the casting of women in this movie yes okay will smith's love interest is eva mendez yes Yes. all right in the script this is according to i think a cnbc piece Mm -hmm. in the script it was written to be a white woman Ooh, i have thoughts on this okay so (laughs) they eventually went with eva mendez because they were worried that a black man and a white woman would get a racist backlash in certain parts of the country and they didn't want to do two black people because then it would be a black movie. Oh, that is so sad. I mean, it's so predictable, but so sad. Because I was going to talk about, you know, if you're like doing a feminist assessment of this movie, one of the greatest selling points is that there are people of color in this movie. And there are not a lot of people of color who are the leads in rom-coms. And I agree. I mean, you can kind of see that, okay, they didn't have two black love interests because then it would be considered a black movie like you right. just said. But they do actually have this interracial couple, which is so rare that when I looked up interracial romance movies, Get Out was on the list. Oh, man. Yeah. Like, it fits on, like, one smallish Wikipedia page. So, like, the fact that there are people of color and there is an interracial romance, that's kind of, like, the only feminist brownie points, intersectional feminist brownie points that this movie gets. Because it's pretty rare. But it's sad to hear that it was not their original intention. It was just accidentally progressive or whatever. Remember when Guess Who's Coming to Dinner came out like 50 years ago? That's such a good movie. And We, we should s- watch that movie. Yeah. And that was like, we solved racism. Look, there's a white woman and a black man and they're in love. And Spencer Tracy is in it. And I love Spencer Tracy. Well, it's also really interesting because there's that article about South Asian men in films who yes, are pursuing right. white women mm-hmm. and how... I think that was in The Muse, and it's about how that's, like, the object of desire is whiteness. So by making the love interest or object of desire not white, you're kind of undoing that construct. Which, again, unintentional feminism, I guess, because there was their third choice, <laughs> or by default. Yeah, progress is weird that way. Yeah. Um, but this movie, like we said, big hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Critics didn't love it as much. They mostly thought that it was a fine movie mm-hmm. that got elevated by really charming performances. Yeah. Which I think is fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Will I Smith agree. is really charming. I, I have that. never liked Kevin James more than I did in this movie. I that agree with that too. Not a high bar. True. <laughs> um, you don't like Paul Blart Mall Cop? <laughs> <laughs> or a Paul Blart Mall Cop. Doesn't he play a zookeeper in a movie in, also? Yes, it's called zookeeper. zookeeper. Oh, I'm so sorry. I forgot he only plays movies with his job description <laughs> as the title. Oh, my God. I had, <laughs> I had a really awkward conversation one time with somebody where it was during last year's Oscars when they had that riff of people talking about their favorite movies and what it was like growing up seeing this favorite movie. 
And then Jimmy Kimmel came out and was talking about his favorite movie being We Bought a Zoo and going on about it because he was making fun of Matt Damon being in We Bought a Zoo. Mm-hmm. And I started to very loudly make fun of that movie because I thought it was Zookeeper. Yeah, that's a very different vibe. Right. <laughs> Somebody in the room watching with me at this Oscars party was like, I like We Bought a Zoo. And I was like, what do you like about Kevin James running the zoo? And I got a little bit harsh. And then I was too deep when I realized I was talking about the wrong movie. So I was trying to honestly say, oh, no, I was thinking of this other movie. But it seemed like I was just trying to cover my butt. I don't think We Bought a Zoo is, you know. I have not seen We Bought a Zoo. I haven't seen it. I know nothing about it. I've seen it. It's The only thing I know about it is that apparently Kevin James isn't in it. Yeah, that's true. That's accurate. I don't know how I feel about that movie. It was not great. I wasn't a fan. It was very weird. Okay. Well, good to know. Madagascar was better. True. (laughs) Of all the zoo movies we've discussed today, Madagascar (laughs) is the best. You are really into Madagascar. (laughs) Madagascar is a good movie. Is it? Yes, it Mm. is. I really enjoyed it Although, to be frank, I felt very strongly about Hitch, and I feel less strongly having rewatched it, so if I rewatch Madagascar, maybe I would be like, wow, 12-year-old Claire was really into this. Those DreamWorks animated movies don't work that well for me. Hmm. Even Shrek? The original Shrek is great. It felt very transgressive when I was in third grade. I have not revisited it in a number of years. Hmm. I've revisited Shrek recently, and I think it holds up. Yeah. Also, Shrek 2 is really Shrek 2 good. is good. Yeah, Shrek 2 is fun. Remember when they made a Puss in Boots spinoff and nobody went to see it? Remember when they made Shrek 3 and 4? Shrek 3 is the worst one. Shrek 4 is a nice return to form. What? I don't think I ever watched it. I did not watch Shrek 4. I could. I, I, My grandparents had them all on DVD. I have watched Shrek and Shrek 2 so many times, and I love the soundtrack still to oh this they're great day. i think it's an indicative that i prefer somewhat like trashier lower comedy movies because i like shrek 2 more than shrek 1 like i feel like shrek 1 has a better storyline but shrek 2 has better jokes shrek <laughs> that's 2, fair that's a valid opinion that's, that's not a, that's Prince not Charming a hot take rocks yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Jennifer Saunders is the fairy godmother. That is, is true. One of my favorite yeah. performances. Yeah. How many movie animated. tangents am I going to make us go on? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's a podcast. Okay. As long as we get but. in our ad copy, we're good. Okay. What? <laughs> if only. <laughs> Please, someone, sponsor us. This episode is still brought to you by Be Wild Body Glitter. Every month, they send you a box full of all kinds of fun Be Wild Body Glitter products, this t-shirts. This is a great joke. Claire. Oh, t-shirts, I'm toys, not understanding the joke. All kinds of water bottles, whatever it could be. And you just sign up for this monthly I mean, box and it shows up right on your doorstep. There's a, there's a lot of people that advertise almost exclusively on podcasts and oh. Will's making a joke about them. I don't know. I thought we should like rip on like Spotify ads or Pandora ads. I don't know those as well. The I just Pandora listen to podcasts. ads are always trying to get to sell my eggs. Fun fact. They really I, I do not get those ads. My eggs. I got a Christian College ad for Bryan College, Williams. William Jennings Bryan. Yes. Yeah. It's in Dayton, Tennessee. Where yes, the, it is. Where the scope trial is. And was. they advertised to me on Pandora so much. And it was like roll Christian. And I was, it was kind of scary. I mean, like, but the power of advertising, because I thought about it for a second. I don't know if you thought about attending whatever no, college. No, I did not. <laughs> but I was like $8,000 for an egg, you know? Like, I'll keep that in my back pocket. I mean, I do use <laughs> Harry's razors. So right, that worked. So okay, let's continue. Let's right. move on. <laughs> let's, we've spent too long doing this. Let's move on in this Sorry. episode. Potentially awkward question. Yes. Have you listened to a full episode of our podcast? I before? have. I have. I was not sure that was going to be the answer. I am your biggest fan. <laughs> I I am a fan, guys, and I've probably seen the most of the movies because I've watched a lot of them with you. Right. We all live in that's the same true. apartment. In case that's not clear. So you know but, that every episode we yes. break down the movie's romantic plotline into yes. the five key points. You know yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. So. 
since this movie's your pick, we thought it would be best if you were the one to guide us through the movie. Whatever the five things are that we most need to understand the romance of the movie. So where should we start? Okay, so there's two romantic plot lines. A little confusing because there's Hitch and his romantic plot line. And then there's the Kevin James character, Albert Brenneman. Great Great name. Great name. Great name. Um, So there's two romantic plot lines, but they both follow the same structure because this is a romantic comedy. And they all follow the same structure. It's kind of a nice parallel through the movie. Yeah. Do you want me, should I go through all of the steps or are we going to go step by step? Give us an overview of the five steps. What are the five steps of the rom-com? Five steps of this rom-com and a lot of rom-coms in general. One, the meet cute. Two, the first date. Awkward. Three, the second date. Four, the conflict. (gasps) Oh no. Often fake conflict. And five, the resolution where everybody gets back together and lives happily ever after. Seeing it laid out like this is actually really interesting because at the beginning of the movie, when Hitch is talking about how his whole business works, he says that his goal is by the end of the third date, she's in love with you. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting seeing it laid out like this. You're saying the conflict comes after the seconds. They don't get to that third date before the conflict happens. The resolution, Mm. in a way, is Is the the third third date. date. Yeah. That's clever. Mm -hmm. It's so meta. Yeah. I just planned it that way. <laughs> Before we talk about the actual first point, I just want to note that this movie has a killer soundtrack and starts off with like three great tracks. Oh, yeah. It starts off with Sam Cooke, Don't Know Much About History, which is my one of my favorite songs. One of, a song that my dad sings when he doesn't know the answer to a question. So I think we all know that that is a timeless jam. <laughs> just had to make that comment. Okay, are we going through these points? Let's do yeah. it. Let's talk about the first one. Okay, so the first one is the meat cute. And so Albert's meet cute is basically Hitch tells him that he needs to get the object of his affection, Allegra's attention. So he. Right. And so again, Hitch is a guy that people hire. Exactly. To get them with a person that they're in love with, but don't actually know. Yes. Mm -hmm. So Hitch um, tells. He's like not quite a matchmaker. Yeah. A little bit. I mean, he's basically like a, a coach. Yeah. He's a dating coach. Honestly, I think that the the marketing of him as a date doctor or a pickup artist is kind of misleading because I don't he's, think he's a pickup artist. He's really that's the criticism of a, of this movie is that Hitch is a pickup artist and that's like, you know, frowned upon in our it's it's a very like fedora wearing thing to do to be a pickup artist. But That's the pull quote from this episode. <laughs> <laughs> but he's not a pickup artist. He's actually just telling these men like, you know, wax your backs and be kind to women and you will have a lot be more interested in what they're success. saying yeah. his main piece of advice is just listen and look yeah. at their face yeah. yeah so actually a lot of the criticism that that is like oh he's a pickup artist he does not respectful of women's boundaries or their consent like i i see that but i also think that he's not really a pickup artist he's giving like very good useful advice that is respectful of women as people at least that's my impression after having watched the movie right. he his main job seems to be more giving them confidence yeah that's he a lot really of he really just pumps them up it's kind of like a placebo effect yeah and that's kind of the takeaway at the end of the movie but anyway the meat cute is albert this kind of schlubby guy is in love with this rich woman that he works for and to get her attention, he basically throws a fit in the boardroom in a meeting that they're having and quits his job. His company manages her finances. Yeah. And he's like, you know, Allegra, you should be able to do anything you want to do with your money. You don't need us telling you what to do. I quit. She wants to invest in a friend's business. Exactly. And they're telling her not to. And they're telling her not to. He storms out. And that is, that's when she looks after him as he leaves the room. And the spark of romance is ignited. And then the meet cute 
between the other couple, which is Hitch and his romantic interest, Eva Mendez. What's her character's name? Sarah. Sarah. Okay. Milos is the last name? Something like that, yeah. Okay, so their meet-cute is at a bar, Mm. and it's kind of cheesy. There's like a, a sleazy dude talking to her, and he saves her from the sleazy dude and then they talk in the third person i thought that was fun so what would a guy like that say well he'd say my name is alex hitchens and i'm a consultant but she wouldn't be interested in that because she'd probably be just counting the seconds until he left thinking he was like every other guy which life experience has taught her is a virtual certainty but then he'd ask her name and what she did for a living and she might blow him off or she might say I'm Sarah Milas. I run the gossip column at The Standard. But it's cute. It's the extreme hypothetical. And she's clearly into it, which is why I don't really buy this whole narrative that he's, like, pursuing her against her will. Because she seems, she's, like, flirting pretty hard, even though she's wearing reading glasses and a t-shirt, which is sending no vibes, according to Hitch. Yeah. Uh, She's, like, the jaded. She's reading a newspaper, too, Yeah, she's, like, the jaded working woman at the beginning who wears a Beatles (laughs) t-shirt and is too into her work. And at the end, she's in love and wearing a sundress, so she... She undergoes the rom-com transformation. Right, she's a gossip columnist. Yeah, because all women's characters in romantic comedies work at a newspaper or a magazine. Right. I do like that her boss at the gossip magazine is Adam Arkin, who I know best as the psychiatrist from The West Wing, and he is delightful. Yeah, yeah. he's a good character. He's really fun. There's a lot of fun little characters in this in this movie. But my question for you guys is, like, would either of these meet-cutes have worked on you? Well, I mean... The talking to me in a bar thing might work if he was that witty, because I appreciate wit. That's true. But I don't think the boardroom one would have worked, because I would have been like, what the f*** is <laughs> happening right now? I really am so confused. It's strange and unprofessional. It is. Yeah. I don't think it would have like gotten my attention in that way. Mm. Yeah. Um, let's move through the points. All right. right. Point okay. number two. Point number two, first date. So the first date between... Essentially, this Albert character, Kevin James, is the comic relief of the movie. And the first date, this is the meme moment, is when yes. he's being trained on how to dance on a date. And that's when... At like a swanky affair. Yeah. And that's when Usher's yeah is yeah three times for anyone who's going to listen to that afterwards. But anyway, that's when that song is playing and then he's making the pizza and cleaning his ear with a Q-tip all while dancing. And that's like the most meme-worthy part of the movie. But anyway, he goes on this date, and it's like a fancy fashion event. And basically, they have a good time, but he dances weirdly and also flirts with her friend Maggie, who turns out to be a guy. Uh, Yeah. There's (laughs) also the dude who tries to look cool by calling everything disgusting. Oh, yeah. I want to bring him up just because Kevin James, then, to show off, is being like, oh, I can talk about stuff, and you're going to think it's dumb. And what he says is, uh, what do you think of the Jets' new West Side Stadium? Uh Uh-huh. And he stops before the guy can answer and says, oh, let me guess. You think it's disgusting. And that's a big laugh line. You guys did not know this, but I started yelling at the TV because in 2005, the Jets did not have a new stadium. They were still playing at the Meadowlands in New Jersey. Yeah, uh, but this I, was very upsetting to Will. I remember him being very angry about it in the moment. I looked it up. They actually were looking into building a stadium on the west side in 2005, but then they didn't. Wow. 
interesting. Oh, and cool. also that line was not, it's, it's kind of hard to understand out of context if you hadn't seen this scene, but basically he was supposed to make a smart comment that was completely not smart. So this idea that he's like a witty nerd was not really rolling for me. No, it doesn't really play. <laughs> it wasn't yeah. working. He also flirts with Maggie because Hitch told him that he has to ingratiate himself with the best friend. Yeah. And so he's prepared all these comments about like, her eyes yeah. and being sweet to her because he assumes Maggie is a girl, but it turns out Maggie is not a woman. And in typical 2005 fashion, that's kind of the homophobic butt of the joke is that oh, he's yeah. flirting with this guy. Right. Gay panic. Yeah, and that's not the only time that happens in the movie, which I was disappointed about, but it's kind of par for the course in that time, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. Okay, so we've covered Albert's first date. Now, Hitch's first date with Eva Mendez, Sarah, that's like my my 12-year-old self's favorite part of the movie because... The more I think about it, the more I'm into it. Yeah. So he doesn't get her phone number. So what he does is send her a walkie-talkie. Because he knows where she works. Yes. In a present, which is very cute. And then he's talking to her on the walkie-talkie, and she agrees to go on a date with him. And based on the day that she chooses the date, the delivery guy gives her one of three packages. And, you know, my 12-year-old brain was just like, oh, my God, he prepared three options. Like, wow, master of dating. So she opens the package. It's a wetsuit. They go on jet skis around the Statue of Liberty, and then they have a romantic date in the Statue of Liberty. Except no, for it's on Ellis Island. Oh, not the Statue of Liberty. Right. My bad. I thought those were the same. <laughs> no. The Statue of Liberty is on Liberty Island. Yeah. Ellis Island is the I remember center. you explaining this to me, like, several years ago and being shocked by it. Um, so glad that now it's recorded for all to see <laughs> that I thought that they were the same. So they go to Ellis Island, which is not the Statue of Liberty, and they... So this was gonna be an amazing romantic date, except for that he accidentally kicks her in the face. Oh, right. After the jet ski his jet ski dies. Down. Yeah. And he has to get on hers. And the worst part is, they fall into the Hudson River. Whoa. Which is gross. But they didn't, I guess, didn't have cell phones on them back then, so it's, like, not too bad. They're in the They're pagers. They're pagers. <laughs> yeah, and then on Ellis Island, in a joke that doesn't really play well for me, he, like, finds the name of her ancestor that came onto Ellis Island, and it turns out that it's her great-grandfather, who's, the like... The Butcher of Cadiz. The Butcher of Cadiz, who's a serial killer, and this makes her cry, and uh, basically the date is a wash. But they have amazing chemistry together. Yeah, and there's an, a very kind Ellis Island guard who guides them through it, who is the Charlie the janitor of this movie. Yeah. Oh, for sure. He plays the same role. He has some weird background with Hitch and is very kind. When she explains it to her friend, she explains it like, oh, it was a disaster from start to finish. But I'll give it a second chance. And yeah. her friend doesn't understand, but it's clearly based, like, there's something there. Oh, while we're talking about the friend and I'm being me, just to let you all know, this movie does not pass the Bechdel test. Two named women do talk to each other, but it's all about men. But it's mm. a romantic comedy, so that can be anticipated. Did the men talk about anything besides women? You know, that's another interesting thing. I don't think they do. Thing, because another unique thing about this romantic comedy is it it's about love from the perspective of a man and it shows men being emotional and wanting those romantic relationships which yeah, is kind a of thought. a nice departure um i can't claim credit for that thought i did some research for this <laughs> <laughs> and i think i read that in an atlantic article about well, the movie <laughs> claire comes prepared yeah because it's cool guys feminism she's got a research for claire's corner uh, Claire's Corner. That we're, that's not a thing. It's going to catch on. Hashtag okay. Claire's Corner. Guys, Hashtag so it's the sound, it's the feeling. <laughs> same question. Would you have enjoyed these dates 
mostly the Ellis Island one. Um, objectively, 100% yes, would have loved the Ellis Island date. Yeah, me That's too. great. It's a great um, date. And the history. walkie-talkies would have gotten me. My only thing is, the Hudson River is so gross. Yeah. Well, being do on... I have to fall in the river, or can I just go on the date? But even being on the jet ski, you're getting splashed with the water. Do I have to go on the jet ski, or can I just go to Ellis Island? No, the jet ski is part of it. You have to wear the wetsuit, William, and... The deal breaker for me is this this date is at like seven in the morning. That also is true. It was rude. Nah. Yeah. <laughs> That's how did, I feel. He did not give her a choice on the time and that is she still d- could have said no. She could have said no, forget that. I mean that is true. You're right. You're right. But she has feelings for him, so she goes for it. Anyway, I th- I would have been into the date if it were later in the day. I would be hundred percent into it. I think that if it was any other body of water, I could be more convinced. <laughs> but really the rivers of the New Hudson. York, just, they smell bad. Like, if you catch it on the wrong day, you stand by it, and it's like, oh. I don't have that much experience with smelling river. But let's move on to the next point. Okay. Because we have to keep going. Yes, point number so, three. Point number three. Oh, but also one quick note. While we were watching this, Will was not down with the jet skis. Not I because... thought the date was just the jet skis. Oh, okay. But you weren't down with the jet skis, which I thought was funny, because then you wouldn't be able to hear each other talk. Yeah. Yeah. And you are obsessed with talking. <laughs> I just wanted to underline What am I going to do on a first date where nobody talks? I mean, that's true. But you, then you talk on... And anyway, second date. So the second date for Albert is a Knicks game. Oh my gosh, we have to talk about this. I'm looking at the script. I had not looked at it since Claire wrote in the five points. Spell Nix for us. Did I spell it wrong? Spell Nix for us. No, I'm not going to. I refuse. I'm going to say it out no! loud. I, I, I literally Googled it. Uh, Claire has spelled <laughs> Nix as in the New York Knickerbockers. N-I-X in the script. I'm so ashamed. <laughs> it's short for Knickerbockers. It's K-N-I-C-K. I didn't know. No wonder when I put an N, it was an auto-completing. <laughs> Oh, amazing. Oh, I'm the worst. So they go to a Knicks game. So they go to a Knicks game, not spelled with an N at the beginning. The New um, York Knickerbockers. And then the date, the second date for Hitch and his romantic interest is they go and, like, they're cooking seafood, but then he's allergic to seafood. And, and they're with her boss, Adam Arkin, yeah. and his wife. Which is a weird second date. I would not want to go on a second date with my boss. Is this because she's suspicious that he's the date doctor? Yeah, he, she's trying to get like info out of him because she's a gossip columnist she's trying to find out about albert because she's a gossip columnist right. and uh-huh. allegra cole that's is like another a fancy part person. of the the plot is that she's trying she's to, investigating she's like investigating the date doctor at the same time that she's dating him yeah. yeah and investigating specifically albert because he's so schlubby and allegra cole is rich yeah so i think we can move on then because we're kind of segueing into it to the conflict yeah because okay. This so part, point number four? Yeah, point number four. Because this part frustrates me a lot. And I think we were it's a it's a point in the movie that's really dragging. We noticed at this point in the movie that the movie itself is two hours long. It's too long. It is two hours. It's really long. You could definitely trim like twenty five minutes off and this movie. This is the saggiest, most uninteresting part of the movie because there is no real conflict. Like they discover that the da- that the date doctor exists, and they they reveal his identity. So there, Sarah is particularly annoyed with the date doctor because the her best friend had a bad date with a dude who tried to use the date doctor because he just wanted a hookup. Yeah. Hitch turned him down. Yeah. But this jerk dude still mentioned the date doctor. And 
which then puts Sarah on this investigative warpath. I get that. She's mad that her friend had a bad date, and she thinks she thinks that her friend was hurt by the date doctor, and then she's really hurt when she discovers that the date doctor is, in fact, the man that she is seeing, Hitch. But I feel like the amount of fallout is disproportional well, to She the doesn't talk to him about it. And she gives him no opportunity. Like, they've had a nice heart-to-heart. He, like... Because After he of got all the, the aller- Benadryl, allergic reaction. Yeah, he had an allergic reaction, drank a bunch of Benadryl, crashed in her place because he was, you know, Benadryl can really mess you up. And then she just doesn't give him any chance to explain. She just immediately starts yelling and throwing things. Yeah, she comes to his apartment for the third date. Actually, the conflict and third date are the same thing. Because she comes to his apartment where they start throwing vegetables at each other. Well, she starts throwing salad at him. Yeah, they throw salad at each other, and she gets really upset with him. She drinks all of his fine wine. She yells at him for being the date doctor, and she storms out. As if he's betrayed her somehow. Like, her personally. Which is weird, because... It's like such a fake conflict that doesn't actually make that much sense. And also there's people, there's a scene on the street where there's a, a woman who's yelling at her husband and being like, did you use the date doctor? Tell it's me like, it isn't true. And yeah, exactly. Like, what do you care if somebody told your man, you're like now husband to like tuck in his shirt the first time he went on a date with you? I just don't get it. And he finds out about it when he goes to get his newspaper and Malik Pancholi from 30 Rock and Weeds, uh, he was Jonathan on 30 Rock, yeah. is doing this really aggressive Indian accent, which I'm thinking about because I just watched The Problem with Apu, which Malik punctually appears in, talking about the crappy thing having to do Indian accents. And he's doing a really bad one, pointing out the article about the date doctor, written by Sarah. So this same article, written by Sarah, Eva Mendez, is what destroys Albert's relationship with Allegra because she thinks that Albert has been using her or he scammed his way into her heart, even though they shared a second date and an actually really cute kiss where he like chucks his inhaler before kissing her and it's kind of it's like a really sweet moment so that is the conflict yeah they go to speed they go to speed dating he has a yeah. fight with sarah the, the the conflict just keeps going like the, yeah. they there's s- a scene where she's crying at home watching the end of jerry Maguire with you had me at hello oh yeah 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 and they're like they keep fighting but neither of them is it's this ongoing scene ever, after scene of them fighting yeah and like no one like is four scenes for like 20 minutes they're fighting and then and albert's fighting with him too and Albert's going on to Hitch about, you never really cared about love. This was just your business. And Hitch goes, love is my life. And Albert goes, no, love is your job. Yeah, it really doesn't make any sense. Because he goes out of business. Yeah. yeah, exactly. He has to shut down. He's moving out of his beautiful apartment. Wait, I didn't notice that. He's not moving out of his apartment. He's moving out of his office. Oh. He goes out of business. Oh. Okay, so he's no longer the date doctor. And it's really Sarah like. Sarah ruins his life. Yeah, exactly. She ruins his career, even though he's not doing an inherently bad thing. And this fight drags on for way too too long. It's not interesting. And then, honestly, you know, the movie kind of loses me here because the resolution isn't that great. Like, I prefer Albert and Allegra's resolution because Hitch kind of goes to Allegra and says, you know, he really cares about you. And it's revealed that Hitch didn't actually help Albert that much. And also, most of the advice that he gave, Albert did not follow. Right. And because... We, the viewer, are led to believe that she doesn't notice when Albert is going against Hitch's advice. Like, when he's doing dumb dancing yeah. at the event, uh-huh. he's trying to do it behind her back. And yeah. we're led to believe, like Albert, that she doesn't notice. But then when Hitch goes to talk to her to say, no, Albert is a really good guy. You should be with him. All the stuff that she's talking about, she's like, oh, so you're the one who told him to do that stupid dancing? And Hitch is like, no, I told him not to do that. And having him dance like a buffoon, knowing that I can't dance either... 
than telling him to drop mustard on his shirt so I'd feel less like a dork? That was all you, right? No. Hell no. That was him. That's got Albert written all over it. Yeah, and she's like, it was so cute when he chucked his inhaler and he was like, oh my God, he took that thing out in front of you. Like, So essentially the moral of the story is you don't actually need a gimmick. Just to, be yourself. To, exactly. You know, just talk to women like they're humans. Just talk to men, whatever gender identity of the person you are trying to pursue. Just talk to them like they're a person. Respect them and you can form a meaningful relationship. And it's all about confidence. Like it's just having the confidence to be yourself in front of someone. And like maybe basic grooming. And yeah. like asking people out on interesting experiences. Yeah. This movie has a really nice message. I didn't really think about it that way. I mean, that that is the message of the movie, which is kind of why people are like, oh, Hitch is only okay. He's a horrible pickup artist. But the message of the movie is that you don't need those cons. And I'm like, okay, he's not a horrible pickup artist to begin with. But that is the message of the movie. Mm-hmm. But also the resolution just – so the resolution between – Allegra and Albert. Albert shows up at that moment, and they are reunited, and they're in love. There's a funny moment where he thinks that Hitch is trying to get with Allegra. Yeah, and then he's Hitch is, like, strangling him. It's comic relief. It's pretty good. Albert is strangling him. Oh, Albert is strangling Hitch. Hitch. I forgot yeah. who is being strangled in this scenario. But then the resolution between, between Hitch and his romantic interest is just not as interesting. No. He's, like, running after her on the street. I don't even know what makes him change his mind or forgive her for ruining his career. Well, he's into her the whole time. He's into her. She's not talking to him. No. Oh, she apologizes, and then he rebuffs her. Oh, really? Yeah, I forgot about that. Because he gets mad at her for overreacting. Fair. But suddenly— It's after speed dating when he is able to tell Sarah that he didn't coach the guy who slept with her friend, where he was able to finally be like, look, I wasn't a pickup artist, essentially. Yeah. And then she tries to apologize to him, and he's like, nah. But then he cha- randomly changes his mind. I don't remember what sparks I that think change. It's not clear. I think it might be Kevin James saying that you don't love love. Like, yeah. We love the scared. love here at Heart of Podness. We do love the love here. Hashtag we love the love. Is that the hashtag? Hashtag it's the sound, it's the feeling. Oh, hashtag we love the love. What was the one from Christmas Guest? Hashtag Fifi Fierce. Hashtag Fifi Fierce. Well, anyway. <laughs> so, resolution is not that satisfying. He runs he after her, her on the street, gets hit by her car. Uh, she comes out in her beautiful sundress, no longer the jaded work- working woman, the beautiful creature of the New York streets. And yeah. There's nobody else on this street. Yeah, there's no one else on this cobblestone street in New York. In Manhattan. And then they make out and cut to everybody dancing at uh, Albert and Allegra's wedding. I thought it was, no, it's Hitches and... No, no it's Albert and Allegra. No. It's Albert and Allegra. Okay. And then there's a fun moment at the end of the movie where Sarah's friend is set up with a hot guy... Because by Hitch, so he's back in business because he enlists a grandma who happens to be around to pretend to be choking, and then she saves the grandma, and he, oh, right. and the grandson falls in love with her. So Hitch is back in business. He has the love of his life. It's a happy ending. Everyone lives happily ever after. But so then the wedding in the credits where we see the dancing, that's Hitch's wedding. No. No. Because all the people at that wedding are the people that he set up on dates at the beginning of the movie. But all Allegra the Cole is there... the only one in a wedding dress. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yes. Uh, okay. Because But that is true. All the people, the guests at the wedding are all the pairs that Hitch set up during the monologue at the beginning of the movie. What? There's logical inconsistencies in this movie? I, I don't know. Maybe that they're all in a support group, like clients of Hitch, and then they all have to be invited to each other's weddings, and that's part of the, the that's like the fine print that they sign. I don't know. I feel like 
Hitch's clients, if Albert is a case study, that yeah. they get along really well with him. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. But he's basically their life coach, you know. Yes. But just in matters of love. True. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the, that's the movie. That's Hitch. It's, like you said, it's a little saggy. You could probably trim, like, 25 minutes off it. Yeah. But it's fun. No, it's a, it's a fun movie, and it's a good rom-com. And I stand by it, just, you know, despite the, the pickup artist criticism, the idea that, like, you know, men are not respecting women's nose and they're trying to play them. I don't I don't think that's really, really the case. That. Yeah. No, I don't but see that. As far as logic goes, what do you think? Does this movie, I had a thing in the notes about its original name. The production title was Last First Kiss because Hitch has this line about, think about going into this date, this could be their last first kiss. This is a much better title. It Hitch is a much is better, a way title. better title. Um, but does, the, does this story, this last first kiss, uh, does it make sense in the real world? What are your thoughts, Mike? Hmm. I don't know. I already talked about how Albert's meet cute with Allegra wouldn't work for me. So I don't know. And also, like, another criticism I saw of the movie was just the improbable pairing of Albert and Allegra. And it's not just those two. It's all of Hitch's clients. And it's kind of just a, a trope in movies of, like, men who are... Schlubby guy gets hot schlubby girl. Schlubby guy gets hot girl. And that's not really, you know, it's it's not fair for women because there can be schlubby women who deserve love too, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it's just not very realistic. And also, like, just the drama of it. The conflict isn't real. The feelings come on really fast. But, I mean, I feel like the chemistry is believable. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And that's a testament to the performances. Yeah. yeah. I'd say Hitch and Sarah's energy seems compatible to me. Yeah. Yes. I, believe- I believe that they would date. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I believe that they would date. I even believe that Albert and Allegra could date, but I it don't It seems know. less likely. It seems yeah. a little less likely. So if we have to actually judge the movie, we'd rate all of our movies on a 10-point scale where 10 is totally believable, All the and we're judging the, all the romance in the movie on this. Mm-hmm. 10 is totally believable. Zero is totally unbelievable. Where would this movie fall for you? Five? Solidly in the middle? So we gave Christmas Kiss a four right yeah yeah and maybe a little higher than five greece was a seven christmas kiss was a four i think i'll put this one at about a five or six yeah that feels right to me i feel like i'm leaning six i yeah i find this movie fairly plausible christmas kiss is a four i think this is like six or seven in my book yeah because the chemistry is there yes yeah and it's just unbelievable in that it's it's a romantic comedy so the scenarios are comedies and they're not realistic but the the relationships existing are believable yeah yeah I, I, I agree with that even up to what the dates are we might think like going with the boss is a little bit strange but yeah i believe it would happen yeah it was pretty it was pretty believable especially if we're talking about your other films that you've watched like howard the duck like this is <laughs> way this is very high on the scale of believability i give howard the duck a negative number I you did, may remember i did listen to that entire episode so i do know that yeah all right now we've got these Four characters, and we got to figure out whether they are dateable. Okay. That is one of our central questions. For me, I think the only person that works for me is Hitch. I'm sorry. You are saying that you would not date Eva Mendez, the mother of Ryan Gosling's children. I am not asked if I would date Eva Mendez. I'm asked if I would date Sarah. And I don't think I would date Sarah. What's wrong with her? I think that she was, like, too aggressively intense on that story thing, and I... I mean, that's true. That's a problem. she's been hurt. Yeah, but she also... The idea of gossip columnists to me, like, they violate people's privacy. A lot of the times they don't respect the humanity of the people they're reporting. I have a whole issue with the whole paparazzi gossip column scene, too. Honestly, I think this says something about my standards. But I don't. I can't think of a character in that movie that I wouldn't go on a few dates with. 
I don't think Allegra Cole is undateable. That's true. Allegra she Cole seems is... like a nice, down-to-earth right. woman who happens to be really rich. That's yeah. true. Yeah, that's fair. Even the boss. He's kind of hot. I love Adam Arkin. Yeah, I would go yeah. on a date with him. His wife seemed cool. Yeah, she seemed fun. Honestly, like, I would spend time with most of these people. The only thing working against Albert for me is the fact that he's Kevin James. Right. The he... character of Albert is actually someone that I would go on a date with, though. Yeah. He yeah. seems, like, okay. really sweet. He's <laughs> a cute dude. By far, this movie has the highest number of dateable people all right, yeah, anything we You guys covered. are winning me over. Yeah, they're all nice people with good intentions. That's true. All right, but you have to pick one. So if you had to pick one person that you would date from this movie it can be anybody who would it be honestly i'm just for some reason that boss is really sticking in my mind he was a cool guy he's great yeah i would go on a date with evam and his boss at the paper <laughs> hmm. maggie seemed pretty cool but is that the friend yeah her best friend at yeah. the art show he's like an artist oh that maggie yeah oh yeah no he's the nice a, one i did like maggie. he's hot okay i date maggie yeah I feel like you've won me over to Albert. Yes. He's fun. He's okay, nice. Okay, that's like yeah. my real answer, though. I do like Albert. He's earnest. He's nice. Yeah. Good dude. And he's an accountant. That's a good, you know. Solid career. He's an accountant at a very high-powered yeah, firm, he's got too. Dollars. He's got to be rolling You know what? That's not the money. W- that you could do worse. You could do a lot worse than Albert. Brenneman. Brenneman. He's like yeah. a, a nice Jewish boy. Yeah. I don't know if he's Jewish. I don't know about Brenneman as a Jewish name. I, I don't, don't think. I have to Google it. I don't think so. so. But yeah. he is an NJB in spirit. Okay. Okay. <laughs> nice. Good On that know. note, that probably does it for this movie. Yeah. Good place to stop. All right. Uh, Claire, thank you so much for coming onto our podcast. Oh, oh, you're welcome. It's been so great. Yeah. yeah. And Claire and all of you, uh, be sure to listen next week for an exploration of the romance that's it's like kind of at the center, almost. I haven't watched it since it came out, so I can't really say for sure. Well, it definitely, at the very least, is at the center of a lot of what's happening in Hollywood these days. We're going to be watching Iron Man. Yeah. Oh. Pepper Potts and Tony Stark. Yeah. Proof that Tony Stark has a heart. You're going to hear a lot about that next week. Oh, God. That's going to get old real fast. Uh, until then, you can follow the show on Facebook and Twitter at Heart of Podness. Please be like Fifi Fierce and rate and review us on iTunes. Or be and like me and listen to at least two full episodes of the show. This is embarrassing for us because this is like episode eight. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm really sorry. So in the context of this recording, I would have listened to probably six episodes at least. <laughs> <laughs> We're recording this two days after the Grease episode dropped. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Didn't mean to confuse the timeline. It's okay. Maybe just edit that out later. I'll probably keep it. (laughs) Cut it. Cut it later. Cut it later. If you do write us a review, be sure to tell us what you would mail to a stranger to get them to go on a first date with you. Or tweet that at us. Oh, is that the walkie-talkie? The walkie-talkie, yeah. Oh, that's a good one. I like that. Hashtag, we love love. Hashtag, we love the love. Hashtag, it's the sound, it's the feeling. Hashtag, Phoebe Fierce. And we had one from earlier, but I already forgot it. I'll figure it out when I edit. We should write them down somewhere. Okay, so you can also email us questions or movie suggestions at heartofpodness at gmail.com. We have gotten none so far, so please email us. Actually, by this point, hopefully we'll have had one, at least. Speaking of one, one last question for all of us. What's the best pedance of dating advice you got from this movie? You guys should go first. Why do I always have to answer questions? Because you're our guest. Because you're our special guest. <sighs> okay. Um, The best piece of dating advice, I don't know. I think it was probably just to listen and respond to what the person is saying. It seems basic, but that really, I actually remember that from when I was a kid and being like, wow, that's so smart. And I think that's why, you know, people are just people. You should listen to what they have to say. That's a really good answer. Personally, <laughs> I just constantly find myself looking at people's chests That's when I'm talking I, to them. I thought that was going to be your answer, Mark. So I think I just need to learn to stop staring at women's boobs when I'm trying to flirt My with eyes them. My are up here, Mark.
<laughs> I have just been this s- whole time. <laughs> this whole episode, just eyes locked on Claire's chest. Yes. I don't know if this joke is appropriate in the current political climate. Oh, probably not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what? I'm walking it back. Well, what's your answer? <laughs> well, I was going to say, in the spirit of my having been won over by Albert, I think that the best piece of dating advice I got is dance poorly, aggressively, and confidently. I think you follow that advice pretty frequently, William. Thank you very much. <laughs> I've been trying to pick up the African anteater dance ever since I watched Can't Buy Me Love, and I think I just need to lean harder into that angle. Uh-huh. I think that the most relatable piece of dating advice for me is to somehow turn spilling food onto yourself into a lovable characteristic. Mm, mm. Oh, right, because he spills the mustard yeah. on himself. Mm-hmm. That's great. Well, there you go. Uh, until next time, I am a ginger. And I'm gay. So between the two of us, we know everything there is to know about romance. Also, I'm their roommate. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it. Yeah, I like to move it. I like to move it, move it. I like to move it, move it.